Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. And from the Big Apple in law in New York, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm Dave, Caregivers Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at the caregiverspace.org. And we are coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and uh, podcast networks. And I don't know, it's about 25 audio and video platforms. Last time I looked, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio. I won't read them all and bore you, but in fact, we are proud to be voted number one, numero uno caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, and number two on Caring Village, Caring Village, and number three on Feedspot out of thousands, and we have a specially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. And so uh, before I start the show, I'd like to thank my last week's guest, Daniel West, studied to be a physical therapist in Australia, came to us in the U.S. in 92. He's worked 70 different facilities, six states during his 29 years in the States. Great show, interesting show, educational show. And just a reminder, you can listen to that show and this one and all our shows on caregiverdave.com or on any of our other 25 global networks that I mentioned some of them earlier. All right, enough of that. So welcome to the show, Angel. Oh, thank you, I'm glad to be here. We're so excited to have you on. I always like to ask my guests just who is who is Angel Salucci and why was she placed on this earth? Oh, I love that question. Um, <laughs> who am I? Gosh. Who am you? Yeah. Who am I? I used to always say I'm, you know, a mother, a sister, a friend, a daughter, all those things. So I guess I'm just Angel. I'm just, you know, somebody who I think I was put on this earth to just love people. Like I always said on my epitaph, I just wanted to say she loved. So I guess I've been put on this earth to empower people to make them feel seen, heard, valued, and loved. And yeah, oh. I, I, I think that's it. Yeah. Nice as that. It's got to be the nicest on the show. <laughs> so let's let's talk about why you are so smart about um, medical billing fraud. Why don't you tell us the story? How did we get here? So I have spent my entire life in healthcare, never even knew there was such a thing as medical fraud, medical billing fraud specifically. And then about five years ago, now six years ago, I was introduced to a fellow nurse who owned a medical fraud investigation company. And I was like, well, what the heck does that even mean? And when I saw the underbelly of the healthcare system, how that, you know, billions of dollars, billions of dollars is stolen from the healthcare system. And when I say the healthcare system, it is all of the taxpayer supported programs like Medicare, Medicaid, oh. our children, CHIPS, our veterans, TRICARE, all of those programs. And I had no idea that was going on. So. Long story short, she retired and left her company to me. So then I was investigating for fraud for the insurance carriers. And when our data showed us what it showed us, how much, I mean, just in four years alone, we saved them over $8 billion, I'm sorry, $8 million that my little company saved them. <laughs> and then also our data showed us that nine out of 10 of the bills we reviewed had errors. And Dave, I got really mad. I got really mad. Yes, I was happy we were saving our clients money, but I got really mad thinking that here I am, a nurse, my entire life, over 40 years in healthcare, and I didn't know this existed. How can people, people need to know this stuff exists, exists and they need to know how to protect themselves. So the nurse in me, that's when I pivoted away from insurance carriers. And now I'm like, nope, I need to teach people how to do what I do. So, which mm. is... Basically, I just teach them how to be their own healthcare advocate, how to um, be their own champion for their wellness journey, how to advocate for themselves, how to read their medical bills and identify fraud and 
just to become better consumers of healthcare because it's a money transaction. You're paying for a service, whether you're paying directly as a cash patient or your insurance carrier is, or you are as a taxpayer. You know, it's a transaction. And it's so, a multi-billion dollar industry. Should people trust big institutions like insurance companies? They say, well, they're not going to rip me off. They're, they're you know, valid and, and legitimate, and they've got... Um, you know, they've got stockholders, et cetera, and the, the hospital's not going to rip me off. I mean, is that a Pollyanna-ish attitude? Should we not think it, that? <laughs> it is a very much-ish Pollyanna attitude. And, <laughs> you know, I said to people somewhere along the line, we were given a sold a false bill of goods that the system has our best interest in mind. And I think initially they did, but it is definitely profit-driven nowadays, profit-driven for the executives, for their CEOs, for their shareholders, all that kind of stuff. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't trust. It just means I want to teach people just don't have blind faith. Like, I don't want you to not trust your providers. I want you to make sure that you, and I always tell people, they may have more degrees than you. They may be, um, I don't even care where they went to school. They could have gone to Harvard or Yale but you are the smartest person in the room when it comes to your body. So I want to teach people, don't fear the system, don't fear you know, health insurance carriers, but know how to stand up for yourself and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these giants. It's kind of like David and Goliath, and I want to you know, teach David how to take, not take down. Initially, I was so mad I wanted to take down the whole yeah. healthcare system, but then I was like, but then what do I do? <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, they, you just can't have blind faith, blind trust, because nobody's going to protect you more than you are. And well, I mean, that, I think that was a very talking. tactful explanation of that delicate well, topic. Thanks. <laughs> I'm usually not very tactful, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're so loving, so I know that uh, you'll be respectful of uh, Goliath, even though he's uh, big and ugly. Anyway, um, well, what is what numbers are we talking about? We're talking about eighty billion dollars with a B is stolen from the taxpayers every year through medical fraud and abuse. No wonder the prices are so high. What right, can Dave. anybody do about that? What can the government do about that? Or are they, you know, on the take? Are they, you know, uh, like graft and stuff? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so much corruption everywhere. I, it's like it's so hard to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. And no, I don't. And that's why that's why people don't want and we're not going to go down this path today. But we have lobbyists in Washington and the American Medical Association and people who are profiting off of the healthcare system who want to keep it the way it is. They mm. and, you know, they throw out terms like socialized medicine and all this kind of stuff. No, they just don't want to get paid what Medicare, what the government will pay them for that valid service. Hospitals are notorious for raising their prices by 400 to 500%. Yeah. And you know something's messed up if the insurance carriers are paying outside agencies to make sure that their bedfellow, the hospital, because they're in cahoots together, to make sure that they're telling the truth, that they're billing correctly. Like that, that was my light bulb. Wait a minute. You guys are negotiating the prices together, but then you're going to pay my company to make sure that they're billing you correctly. You know, like... <laughs> It's so messed up. It's called collusion. Yeah. yeah. I have so. a gas station. If 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 I spoke to another gas station and says, you know, why don't we sell gas today at three ninety nine a gallon, that would be breaking federal laws. But it sounds like they're doing the same thing. Yeah. And they're both trying to make a profit. And I think we're one of the only countries, if not the only country, whose healthcare system, the hospitals, the big giants, are on the stock exchange. Like that tells you something too. Like they're they're profit focused, and I'm trying to bring it back to if it ever really was. Um, actually, it's been profit focused since uh, the 70s, since 72, since you mean, the HMO. That everything was cool. Well, that's when you used to go to your family doctor, and that's when uh, things were not as profit. That's when the driven. HMOs started. Yes, Nixon signed the HMO Act in 72. Oh, I'm not a big history person, but that. Part I know because that's when it's in my lifetime. So I'm 56, and all of this has just been within our lifetime where we see, and Dave, that makes me mad too because we see coming from a nursing <laughs> background, we have hospital CEOs who make $20 million a year, pharmaceutical company CEOs who make $50 million a year, insurance carrier mm -hmm. CEOs, the same. Yes, and then you have, I, I did the salaries, the average salary for a nurse, a nurse practitioner, 
and a medical provider combined for one year don't make what they make in one day. And these are the worker bees. These are the one, you know, so it's like there's so, it's, it's. How do you spend $50 million in a year? I mean, what do you, what do you buy? <laughs> I don't know. I'd be happy to know how to spend 50000 in a year. Let me try that. <laughs> no. So, yeah, so. it's a big issue, and people don't know about it. The consumers of healthcare, the patients don't know about this, and they need to. And, Dave, I'm going to have to come on like 10 different times because I don't even like the word patients. I feel like that is such a disempowering word because it means passive yeah, like we and have submissive. To be patient, huh? Right. It's your body. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway. So when, when a medical bill comes in the mail, especially, you know, from the insurance company or from Medicare, you know, may, a lot of people don't read them, but I read them all the time. So I just got this device to help me grow bone on my uh, ankle, you know, because I'm healing mm. from ankle surgery and they say that my bone isn't growing fast enough. So they charge $5,000 for this this device that's like an ultrasound thing. And it's saying that, um, you know, Medicare approved like uh, $1,500, and mm -hmm. somehow they discounted it from 5000 down to uh, $1,500. And I, I just don't get all that. I mean, how do you discount that much money? Where, how do they make money? I mean, are they losing money, or was it overpriced to begin with? Is it the $500 hammer, you know? Do you know any of the, those answers? Yes, it is overpriced to begin with. And that's what they do. And guess who's paying that higher price? The uninsured, the cash patients. If you don't have health insurance in our country, you are screwed because you are paying those high prices. And a really good video that I refer a lot of people to so you could see how this all panned out and how the insurance carriers got into bed with the hospital, it's called Adam Ruins Healthcare. He has a whole bunch of series, Adam Ruins Everything, you know, Adam Ruins Diamonds, Adam Ruins This, but Adam Ruins Healthcare. And we could put a link in it if you want for your people, but check that out because yeah. that's when all of this started and the hospital, the insurance carriers approached the hospitals and said, hey, we'll send you our people if we can make a profit. So if you're charging $7 for this procedure, can we charge them 10 so we make a profit? And the hospitals were like, you could charge them whatever we want, whatever you want, as long as we still get our money. So that's how it all started back in the 70s. So that, that um, video, Adam Let's Ruins Let's see, healthcare. Nixon was president back then. Maybe he had something yeah. to do with it. Just oh, Adrian's oh. nodding her head. No, I did not. <laughs> but you know what, Adrian? You're well, right, it though. It couldn't have been Johnson, though. No, it was Nixon. And guys, you can actually find the transcript where he was having this private conversation with one of his people from his office. And he talks about how he want, he doesn't like um, health care and he wants it to go towards the businesses. Yeah, it was a private, I actually have the transcript, I found it. Oh man, I got mad when I read that. Too. Oh, that's so, yeah, great. It was Nixon, so, yeah. Wow. So, um, these medical bills uh, do contain errors, right? I think you said nine out of 10 of them have errors, so they should check them. And what do you, what do, you do when you find an error? Who do you call? Who do you complain to? Well, the first thing I always tell people, every single medical bill that comes in the mail, opposite of our judicial system, that sucker is guilty until I prove it as innocent. So you have mm. to read your medical bills. And it could be simple things. The most common mistakes we see are billing for services that were not delivered. <clears throat> so an example of that was my mom got a bill for my dad for a specialist. And she just chucked it because, you know, I mean, chucked it on the pile because she has Medicare, but we are the Medicare system. And then she went back to look at it a few days later because I kept telling her, did you read it? <clears throat> Excuse me. And she saw that the date of service, she wasn't even in the state on that date. They were at her house in Florida and they live in Pennsylvania. So Medicare was billed $500. So what I told her to do is she called her insurance carrier, which I was was Medicare and she and they said to her, Oh my gosh, that's fraud. How did you know to look for that? And I'm like, Yeah, better I told her it was me. But anyway, um yes, you have to so you have to read your medical bills. And it could be something as easily as billing you for something you didn't receive. It could be double billing. I reviewed records for a man one time and he had a same day surgery procedure. I knew what he had done. Usually it's just one IV. And I called him and I said, How many IVs did you have? And he said one. Why? I said, because you were billed for six. Yeah, it could be a clerical error. It could be Does whatever. Medicare 
care that this is happening? I mean, they seemed uh, concerned when you mentioned about it. They're not a co-conspirator, right? No, they're not. They're, they just, and I forget the number. I want to say it's something like 40,000 claims every single day. So, and the, and they're all computer evaluated when the claims come mm. in. So they're just picking out the red flags, you know, that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's impossible so what, for them. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between fraud and abuse? So uh. abuse is like <laughs> raising your prices for something. Um, or like, for example, if you're ever in the hospital, this is an old story, but it still holds true. We've seen it is that if you're ever admitted into the hospital for an extended period of time, you'll notice that on your bill, you received a mucus, a charge for $20 for a mucus recovery system. That is a box of tissues. So <laughs> it's not fraud. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And there's these little tiny boxes. <laughs> yes, and it's not even soft tissues. So it's not fraud because you did get the tissues, but it's abuse because they raised the price you know, way too much. Or, you know, we've heard the stories of $25 for one Tylenol, that kind of stuff. And hospitals are- Is abuse illegal? Well, or is yeah. only fraud illegal? Fraud is illegal. Abuse, you know, there's really nothing. It's not as See, illegal as- Getting back to my gas station I, now. I have, uh, I have If to I were to question. raise the price of water from $3 a gallon to $10 a gallon during an earthquake, I would be guilty of yeah. price gouging and gouging. could go to jail and fi find a fine. So that doesn't happen with them. And I understand Congress actually doesn't have to use the same insurance companies we do. They have their own little private stuff. Is that, we don't even go there. No. <laughs> but I would. There's no would regulations. And that's a problem. Hospitals are not regulated as to what they have to charge. And that it's called the, um, the charge master. So you can have hospital A, B, C, and D on four different corners. Hospital A could charge $1,000 for an x-ray. Hospital B could charge $5,000 for an x-ray. Hospital C could charge blah, blah, blah. Oh, and here's a little tip. Well, wait, first of all, fraud is knowingly and intentionally trying to get paid for something that you have no right to. So that is billing for a service that wasn't delivered or double billing, that's fraud, yes. <laughs> I have a question about mm. abuse. You're in the hospital and tests are ordered that you don't really need. You know, they just, you, they've got you there, so they're gonna do all these tests. Is that Are they painful and uncomfortable? Huh? Are the tests uh, painful and uncomfortable? <laughs> no, but I mean MRIs and CAT scans and not just blood tests and, and you know, laboratory tests, but the mechanical tests. Okay, so doing things that, that are, is unnecessary medically, is that happening? Because they've got you. <laughs> Fraud yeah. or abuse? Fraud. Because it Fraud. is a medically unnecessary treatment. And get this, Adrian. There's a hospital who has to pay 200, and, in Florida, who has to pay $260 million for allegations of fraud. And what they did is the hospital CEOs forcefully pressured with threats of termination, all of their emergency room physicians to admit anybody over the age of 65, whether or not it was medically necessary. And mm -hmm. how, because if you're over 65, you're on Medicare and there's no amount to, there's no limit to what they could charge your Medicare. So the whistleblowers came out, three doctors, and you could see this on CNN, there's actually a video of them, but they came out because the one doctor tried to discharge a woman who was like 70, she didn't have to be admitted. And the system kept trying to override him three times. Next day, the CEOs come down and they're like, why did you admit her? <laughs> why didn't you admit her? And he's like, because she didn't have to be admitted. Yeah, this is happening every single solitary day. So again, we wanna trust our providers, we wanna trust the hospital system, but you have to advocate for yourself. Well, yes. why are you doing this test? How's it going to change my treatment plan? What are you looking for? If you're just doing it for, you know, to say shits and giggles, then no thank you. I don't want to have that done. I don't want to be exposed to, you know, x-ray, radiation, all that kind of stuff. No. So yeah. So who who's committing the fraud? Is it just the doctors? Is it just the administrators? Or is it like more people than we think? More people than we think. And also it's not everybody. The same way we have good and bad police officers, good and bad teachers, good and bad every single discipline, there's good and bad providers, there's good and bad hospital systems, 
And, but that's why we won't know that unless we're checking everything ourselves to make sure that, um, that we're just on the game. But then Dave, there are also organized crime rings who are trying to get a hold of your ID, of your money, of your, um, there was, oh, I love giving examples. There was um, a fraud scheme recently and the federal authorities broke this up. It was, they called it Operation Brace Yourself. And again, these are all targeted at the government funded programs because it's so hard to monitor. And what they did is they called Medicare recipients over the age of 65 and asked them, do you have neck pain or back pain or knee pain? Well, if you're over 65 and all you have is neck pain, you're in pretty good shape. So that was a yeah. good you know, question to ask them. <laughs> and if they said yes, then they would say to them, well, your doctor has approved you to receive this fantastic one-of-a-kind neck brace. Wow, thank you. So then they would say, give us your insurance numbers and we will ship it off to you the next day, blah, blah, blah. So they did ship them a brace that you could have bought at Walmart or Target for $10, but then they built the Medicare system $1,000 for every single solitary brace. I think it cost the taxpayers something like $6 million. And, and I've had people say, well, why do you even answer the phone? Or I would never fall for that. Well, people are falling for this every day yeah. because these organized crime rings are really, really, really good. They're really good. And they would your elderly 90-year-old mother fall for it, you know? Right. Or when you are in bad pain and somebody's calling you to say, hey, let me give you this. Of course, we're going to say yes. You know, we let our guard down a little. We trust people. Mm -hmm. So now I tell people, if you get an unsolicited phone call and they ask for your information, hang up on them. I know, like mid-sentence, I know it sounds rude, but they're trying to mm -hmm. steal your money. <laughs> so kind of like they pulled the first rude card. So just hang up on them. And then also so through when you emails. Say, when yeah. you say everybody, you're talking about ambulance companies, pharmacies. Uh, home health care agencies, durum, durable medical equipment, et cetera. That's a lot. I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could see me now, but I think I'm drooling. Yes. Ambulances cost crazy. Yes, and you know. Tell even me some ambulance stories. Yeah. Well, those ambu the air ambulances. They're not regulated. They could charge you whatever they want. Even if it take you 10 minutes, they could charge you $40,000. But a very simple thing, if you have a loved one that needs for your caregivers, if they need an ambulance to transport a loved one, if you look at your bill and it says that you were billed for ALS, ALS, which means advanced life support, that means there was a paramedic on board. Many times we'll see where it was BLS, basic life support, just your local fire department ambulance, and they took you. And the difference could be $1,000. Yeah, so if you need an ambulance transport and there is no paramedic on board and you're billed for $1,000, then you probably were billed, you know, you got to read to see what you were billed for. And it could be the difference. But of I always thought ambulance rides were free. You call 911, the fire department comes. <laughs> The ambulance comes and they take you to the hospital and you'll never get a bill. Is that not true? No. <laughs> Everybody wants your money. Everybody does. And pharmacy fraud. So here's a real good tip for people. And this has happened to me twice now. Always count your pills. Now, if you order them from, you know, yes. e-scripts or whatever, that's kind of hard to do. But if I use a local pharmacy, big box chain, and I was getting a three-month yeah, supply. Dollar a pill, sure. Yeah. So... I was getting a three-month supply of a medication. I came home right. and I counted them. The first time, I only got 86. So I thought, okay, and that's what they're doing. They're skimming some off the top, Just okay? Few, so, but... Yes, but enough to make a difference. Wow. It keeps their stock there, right? So, and I always tell people, don't be like mean, don't shoot the messenger and always be nice. So I took them back and I said, guys, you shorted me four pills. Could you please give me my four pills? And that was it. Happened the next time, too. This time, I only got 80 instead of 90. Again, I was nice. I went back, and I said, guys, I know you're so busy right now. You know, be empathetic. I know you're so busy right now, but I need my full dose of my pills. Now, what that does is it tells them, oh, crap, she's watching. So she's, you know, uh, an advocate for herself. That's part of being an advocate. So, yeah, but that's pharmacy fraud. They're well, what, how do they react when you tell them that? They said, no, did oh, we do that? We're so, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. I'm like, okay. It's like the well, cashier who shortchanges you, and you don't know if he's shortchanging everybody all day. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, approach, you're approaching them tactfully, though. <laughs> you yeah. know, 
giving them the benefit of the doubt, seemingly. As you should. Exactly, right. Now, if it happened three times, then the Philly in me is going to come out, and I'm going to be like, listen, yeah. <laughs> third strike, you're out. <laughs> so, yeah. You're so nice, and you have such a nice smile, and you're so sweet, and you keep saying, oh, this really gets me angry. What What do you like when you get really, really angry? What What am I like? When yeah, I, I mean, how does your personality oh. change? <laughs> well, you'd have to ask my my ex-husband that one, but oh. <laughs> let's just say I, I'm not short on words and choice words when I get angry. The Philly, the, I don't know you if it's the Italian in me. Vocabulary, that, yes. Yes, and I don't know if it's the Philly in, Philadelphia in me or the Italian in me, but, oh, I can roll. All of the above. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't like that side of me anymore. And honestly, Dave, when I started my company, it was called Medical Fraud Fighters because I was ready for a fight. I was mad. Mm -hmm. Now it's more about I want to empower people. Like when you're fighting, you're kind of stuck. But if I empower you and you feel empowered, then that's forward moving. And so I like to think as I get older, I could still kick some ass, but I like to think I'm much sweeter about it as I do it, <laughs> you know. And that's what I want people I don't like anybody being taken advantage of. And we have an entire system that is getting rich on the backs of the people that the system was designed to serve. And that just doesn't bode well with me. So that's why I do what I so do. So what is, what is Operation Brace Yourself, $2 billion? What is that all about? That was the neck brace that I had just mentioned, the neck brace and the hip brace, when they were calling the Medicare beneficiaries, asking them if they brace had pain. Brace yourself, I get it. Yeah. What, like what do you mean $2 million? Is that what uh, what they've been making on all of the braces combined? Yeah. So it lasted for a, a year, and that was how much they built the Medicare oh system. Oh, my gosh. Uh, now, yeah, did anybody pay the price, pay the consequences, go to jail, et cetera? No, they just give them penalties and fines, and that's it. Yeah. A little slap on the wrist. So they exactly. just keep doing it. Right. And then we have, you know, straw clinics. This is organized crime things also, where we have straw clinics where people, and I think we all heard about these when COVID first came out, where they were setting up free COVID testing things, and but they're not legitimate. They're not legitimate at all. And then as soon as the straw, they call them straw clinics, because as soon as they got wind that the authorities were into them or onto them, they would collapse, shut down, and open up shops someplace else. Now, meanwhile, these people are living super extravagant lifestyles and that's what the, from Operation Brace Yourself, that's what the authority said, that they used the money to buy property in the United States and overseas and yachts yeah. and exotic cars. Yeah. That's Off of why I'm paying so money. much taxes, huh? Yes, and that's why you're paying such high premiums. And that's what was making me mad. We were saving the insurance carriers all this money, but our premiums were going up, our out-of-pocket expenses are going up, our prescriptions are going up, and... I forget the statistic. I think it's like 62% of all personal bankruptcies are related to medical bills. So we are all one illness away from bankruptcy. And, but that's because all of this is going on. So. Well, when I, I get my hell state, and I ain't going to take it anymore. There you go. When <laughs> I get my statements from Medicare, I mean, they're not broken down. They just told, tell you, well, we paid for this. And you may be billed for this. Um, I have no idea whether I'm being taken advantage of or not because exactly. it's so vague. Right. And it's kind of like, Adrian, why do we tolerate that with the healthcare system when we wouldn't tolerate that anyplace else? Could you imagine going grocery shopping for Thanksgiving dinner? And the receipt being this big, saying that, oh, you spent $100 on produce, $100 on meat, and $100 on this. No, we want an itemized bill. So that's what I tell people. You have a right to request an itemized bill for anything so that you can see each and every single charge. And I also tell people, your time is valuable. You guys are taking care, your audience are taking care of their loved ones. Don't get on the phone. Don't spend four or five hours on the phone. Write a letter send it certified return receipt, and within 30 days, they have to reply by law. And if they uh. don't, then I tell people send another letter, and at the bottom say that if you don't get a reply within 30 days, you're going to report them to the Department of Insurance or the Department of whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I help mm. people figure that out too. And Dave, you had asked before, who, what do they do if they find an error? I always say, like the pharmacy thing, 
Go to your provider. Go to whoever gave you the bill. Like, guys, you know, I wasn't here on this day, so I don't know why I was billed for this day. Um, and then if you get no resolution there, then go, if it's part of the hospital, then go to the hospital billing department and present it to them. I was just at the hairdresser today, and uh, she, know, she knows what I do. And then she had said, thank you so much for telling me to read my bill. She got a bill. It was for like $4,000. No, $2,000. And she said, but it didn't make sense to me. She said, so I read it, and I checked my name, the date, all of that stuff, and it was an error. She said, so she said, I called my carrier, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're right. You don't owe anything for that. I was like, exactly. I'm like, this kind of stuff. But we have to be the ones to look for it because they're just, they're not paying attention to you. And you're right. They send you the EOB and say, oh, we, we paid this on your behalf. We did this for you. Really? I think I'm the one paying the premiums every month. Right. You know, so my money, you're just the allocator of my money. You just don't want to spend it. So you don't want to pay out on all the claims that I have. And it's up to us to say, it's up to you to know what your policy will cover and what it won't cover. And then it's up for you to make sure that they do cover that. But don't, don't look at your EOB, your explanation of benefits, as if they're doing you right. a favor. You're doing them a favor by paying them every month. See, now the filly me is coming out, Dave. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away because you need some time to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. With <laughs> our guest, Angel Salucci and Adrian Gruberg. I'm Dave Nassani on the Caregiver Dave Show. And tell me about these um, pain cream scams because oh. I, I see a lot of stuff on television. Um, and I know that maybe they have them elsewhere, but a multi-million dollar scheme, is it? Does it work? Yeah. Does the scheme work? Yeah. Does the cream work? No. <laughs> um, in fact, but it burns. We were... Doesn't that burn, have burning sensation? That's got to be good. Have, no? you, have you seen Dr. Fauci's CBD ointments? Yeah. They oh just started advertising them. That Are you kidding? It's just. No, I'm not kidding. No, no I haven't seen that. He's gone too far it's now. Just, no, Eddie pointed it out to me yesterday online, and I was like, they've got Kevin Costner. <laughs> All these different people have their own lines of CBD ointments and, you know, potions oh and whatever. Potions, lotions, so, and pills. See that? Mm -hmm. Right. It's still like a little, what was the guy... In the Middle East, Middle Ages, that with the well, what did they call him when he would go neighborhood to neighborhood That's selling his show. potions and lotions? Yeah, yeah. seed. <laughs> wagon. Snake so oil. The pain cream. Yes, yeah, snake, snake oil. oil. That's it. And yeah. all it was was bourbon. <laughs> or which yes. I wouldn't mind some of that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, it probably burned. So first of all, when we review records, when we did for the insurance carriers, if we saw a pain cream, compounding cream. It was never allowed. We never said that that was an appropriate amount. So we negated that because they're not proven to be effective. If you have a burn or if you have this thing, put a little bit of um, peppermint oil on your skin. So they probably have peppermint oil or they probably have cayenne or something like that in it. But what really ticked me off about that pain cream, one of them, the pain cream skin, is they were giving it to our veterans. Mm. Don't 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 mess with my old people or my veterans. Like, mm -hmm. no. 
So um, they were selling them, selling that to veterans. It was no more effective than putting, um, you know, Jergens lotion on your leg. And then they were building, billing Tricare for millions of dollars. Yeah, oh. that 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 scam ticked me off a little. You know, I, I'm getting mad too here. Tell us about <laughs> the uh, the COVID schemes and scams. Oh, you're getting me on, you're keeping me on my toes here today. <laughs> trying to remember yeah. all the COVID ones. So the COVID ones, um, honestly, I don't know of any current ones right now because they've kind of really blown the lid off where they used in the beginning of the COVID pandemic, they were charging for um, testing and A, it yeah. wasn't effective and B, they shouldn't be charging anything anyway. It should be free. So those, I don't, I'm not aware of any current. What about the vaccine? Right Are there vaccine scams? Not that I'm aware of, not that I've heard of. Doesn't mean there's not, it's just not on my radar just yet. Well, what else? Uh, double billing is an issue. I, I'm also told. <laughs> I'm thinking of my yeah. own uh, bills that I get in the mail. Um, it, it's incredible what they will allow. Uh, and you know what? They're doing it because they're getting away with it, because people are not reading their bills. People are not screaming. People are not complaining and turning them into authorities. Is that right? It is. And people are because people are, yes, because we like to be nice and we don't want to stir the pot or make any trouble. So the gentleman that I told you, I reviewed his medical bills and he was billed for six IVs instead of, instead of the one. That was the same day procedure. And normally that procedure would only cost somebody under the age of 65, maybe 30 to $40,000. But because it was Medicare, they built the Medicare system $144,000 oh. for that. I then told him, you need to report this. You need, and I gave him all the steps. Here's the letter. This is what you write. And he didn't want to do it because it was going yeah. against the hospital that his wife works at. And I'm like, yeah. but it's still fraud. He's like, That's okay. I don't want to make any trouble. I don't want to make any trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then enjoy paying your premiums that you pay. You know, like this. And it affects, that's why I say, Dave, it affects us all. Medicare, medical fraud affects us all because of this. It affects us all, even if you're 20 years old, because you're still paying taxes. Your FICA tax goes to support these programs. And also, just right is right and wrong is wrong. And yeah, so. That's what is upcoding and unbundling? So upcoding would be if you are billed for something of a more uh, serious nature than when you went to see your provider for. So let's say you saw your provider for a sore throat or a cold, but then when your bill came in, you see that you were billed, if you got the itemized bill, you'll see that you were billed for a pneumonia visit. That's considered mm -hmm. upcoding because they're knowingly, and it's fraud, because they're intentionally trying to get paid for something at a higher acuity than what they actually treated you for. Not to mention, you now have the diagnosis of pneumonia on your medical record. <laughs> to see right. all of this tied together. Oh, and then quickly back to the brace thing. It affects you because even if, if you need a legitimate brace from your provider six months down the line, Medicare isn't going to approve it because they already gave it to you six months earlier, but if they didn't give it to you, it was the fraudsters that did it. Right. Now, <laughs> excuse me, upcoding, uh, not upcoding, unbundling. So there are certain, these usually with regards to laboratories, blood tests, and also surgical procedures, there are certain procedures that always go together. Kind of like, um, there's called a Chem 7, and it includes seven different tests in that blood test. And they bundle that price together so that it is more economical. But unbundling occurs when they parse out and charge you for each one. So the example I always give is let's say you went to um, a fast food restaurant, which you shouldn't do because they're not healthy, but let's say you went to a fast food <laughs> restaurant and you ordered a, um, a bargain meal or a value meal. And the person at the counter says, okay, that'll be $72. And you're like, $72, why? And well, that's unbundling because they're charging you for the cup, the straw, the lid, the ice, the burger, the bun, the one pickle, the bread. You know, they're, they're parsing it out, and that is unbundling, and that happens a lot in the healthcare system. I'll give you a better uh, example. You go to the 99-cent store, and they've got 10 little sanitizer bottles all wrapped together, and they're charging you uh, $10. So I buy them, I unwrap them, and I sell them at my gas station for $2.99 a piece. 
unbundling. <laughs> but that's that's the concept. Now, right? do you call that yeah. smart business or cheating? <laughs> yeah, I call yeah. it smart well, business in your case. <laughs> yeah, if if right. if that bottle is worth two ninety nine and someone's willing to pay for it, absolutely. But yeah, it sounds I like mean, what they're doing. I mean, I wouldn't pay three hundred and forty eight dollars for a hamburger, so that's unreasonable. Right. And that's no, what you're saying too. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to just say one thing. I know when I was caregiving for both my mother-in-law, who was 89, 90, 91, and 92 as I cared for her, and my husband, um, who was in his 60s, the, that was a, they were both cancer patients. The bills just kept rolling in, and any of my downtime was spent going over their bills to make mm -hmm. sure that I wasn't being double billed and all, all of this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Is are there any clues, any ways that make it easier to go over these bills and that 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 red flags that you you should know about to look for, yeah, especially while operations. You're you know, you have an operation, you're getting bills from anesthesiologists, you're getting them from, right. from physical therapists, you're getting, exactly. it's like they're coming out of the woodwork. Who is this guy? Yeah. And what, what's a, you know, and you try to pronounce the, the kind of doctor he is, you don't even, never heard of a doctor like that before. I mean, when he yeah. had his radiation, he had to have a cast made and there was the bed, the bed that he had to stay in and the interim care and I, it, it all took a day, but it was it was ridiculous. It's funny yeah. when they charge you for the pills too. The pills are usually three or four dollars a pill. Uh, yeah, and you know least. if you don't take if you don't take them. So let's say your provider says you're in the hospital that you should get Tylenol every two Tylenol every four hours for pain. Each time the nurse comes in to give it to you, first of all, you're being charged for that cup, the little <laughs> cup that they put the pills in. But if you say, if she comes in and she says, do you have any pain? And if you say no, then you don't get the medicine, but there's a good chance she still put it in the system. So put you could still system. be being charged, right, for that. Yeah. <clears throat> for each of so, those. So Medicare for all is not the answer. That would just make it worse, right? And, and the Canadian system and all these systems in uh, Switzerland that everyone claims is better than ours, is it really? I mean, do we still have the best system there is? With all of the graft and and the fraud and the corruption, what's the answer? You're, what do you what do you propose to fix this? Well, I may be controversial, but I am a Bernie Sand, uh, Sanders supporter because I am a nurse and I believe that healthcare is a right, not a privilege. And uh -huh. people, that's what I say in the beginning. You've got lobbyists and hospitals and see who are giving us the, the, the wording and the messaging that, oh, it's socialized medicine because Americans don't want to be controlled. But what they don't realize is you are being controlled by the system and the system wants to keep you there, which is why they're using those words. The system doesn't like Medicare because Medicare is going to pay the fair and reasonable price. Now you have providers who are like, I can't make a living on what they want to pay me. Well, maybe you're living beyond your means because the people you're taking care of are working two and three jobs to try and pay your bill. Like maybe you're right. really not worth a thousand dollars an hour. Who is? You know, so I personally think Michael Jordan. Yeah, and Oprah, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's unemployed. <laughs> well So that's my opinion. I don't know. I my question is, um, Bernie wants uh, Medicare for all, doesn't he? Yes. But isn't that just giving us more of the same? The lobbyists won't go away. The uh, hospitals talking to the insurance companies won't go away. Um, what? How would that make things better? My interpretation of it is that it would just kind of, um, it would kind of put prices at the Medicare rate. Which again are the All right, does the quality already. of care go down then? Because a lot of doctors are saying, because you said they want to make more money, they just are opting out. We had to find a new doctor, my wife and I, because she just refused to take Medicare uh, last yeah. year. She says, you know, I'm tired of them uh, giving us not enough money 
and they're they're always questioning, you know, what we do. And then she's an honest doctor. We trust her, you know. Yeah. But, um, so therefore, now we have to go find another doctor who's not as good as this doctor. Yeah. And I just question, uh, you know, uh, my choice has been taken away. True. And and our doctors are overworked and they are underpaid. And but that's also because of all the fraud going on. You know, so the people who so are how do we get rid of the fraud? How does we, Bernie get rid of the fraud? <laughs> Bernie's not Bernie's not going to get rid of it. There's no politician. There's no insurance carrier. There's no hospital. There's nobody that's going to get rid of it. And I think it's about time that we realize that the only way change is going to happen is a groundswell of the people. Yes. And that's what I'm trying Us. to do. And this this blew me away. So the three giants created Haven Healthcare. That was Berkshire Hathaway. JP Morgan and Amazon, and they were going to change the healthcare system. And ideally, Dave, in my fantasy world, they would be in love with the system that I created and they would want to buy my system and, you know, just carry it and distribute it to everybody. Long story short, they folded just in the fall because they couldn't take on, and they said it, said it in the Forbes magazine, I think, or LinkedIn, it said that they couldn't take on the healthcare giants. So they fell. So Haven is no more. So even those giants couldn't take down the bigger giant of the healthcare system. So it's not going to happen. And I feel like it's very much like, you know, the uh, activists that we've had in the past, you know, Gandhi and um, Dr. Martin Luther King, who said, who gave the power to the people and the people made the change. And that's why if we become better consumers of healthcare and advocates for ourselves and read our medical bills and stand up for ourselves, not in an argumentative way, but just more of a solid kind of educated person, we will demand change. That's, that's, it may be pie in the sky, but I am pro-supporter, I'm a pro-provider, uh, pro-nurses, pro-patients, that's, that's my focus, and mm. yeah. So you have this DOVE system, D-O-V-E acronym, uh, explain that. Oh, thanks, because Adrian, you had said, how do I do the bills and read it all, and that's <laughs> what I was thinking, boy, that's perfect. So I created a system called the Dove system. And every time I say it, I take a deep breath because the idea of the Dove system is to give you peace of mind and control and order and to remove the anxiety, the hopelessness, the helplessness. Mm. And Dove stands for document, organize, verify, and engage. Document, we need to begin documenting everything from the moment we make the appointment all the way through until that bill has been done, paid in full. Because when you get a bill, a bill and you're like, oh, I don't know if I had that service. Because honestly, are you going to remember what, like if you see your doctor in January and the bill doesn't come in until June, are you going to remember right. what happened at that office visit six months ago? Like, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> so yeah. we're not, and plus you have all the other stress in your life. You're not going to remember. So if you, when the bill comes in, like how, what sounds more empowered? Me calling my provider saying, you know, I, I think you billed me wrong. Well, why do you think that? Well, because I don't think I came in for that. I think I did that. Well, you have no ground versus I got a bill for this date, and that's not what you saw me for on that day. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I'm looking at my notes right here. You saw me for blah, blah, blah. You spent 15 minutes with me doing blah, 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 and this is the test you did. Da, da. They're going to be like, holy crap, you know? So we have to begin documenting everything along the way. Organize, oh, we need to have an organized location for everything related to our medical journey. So that, Adrian, as the bills are starting to come in, you just put them in one little place. You don't do anything until your folders. EOB comes in. <laughs> Fabulous. I have folders for everything. I, I love did. that. I yes, am a, fo I'm I a saw folder. Them. I love having folders and binders. So I created an actual binder for people to do this. Yes, I love buying and, and dividers by doctor <laughs> and insurance company. Oh, God, it was awful. <laughs> well, see, and that's what I want to help people with. So I have a binder that I've created, but I created a digital version so that whenever you're at a doctor's office, it's Ooh. on your phone and you own it. But anyway, organize because so the bills come in. You don't have to look at them until you get your EOB because once the EOB comes in, that's going to tell you this is what you owe. And then you make sure it aligns with what's over here. So that's the organized part. Verify, that is when you're going to review your medical. I'm sorry, I keep looking at the camera and the screen. <laughs> but verify <laughs> is when you are going to review the medical bills for 
Is your name correct? Is your policy number correct? Is there any errors? Is there um, billing for services you didn't receive? All those things we talked about. And then engage is the next step. And based on what you found when you reviewed your medical bills, that determines what you do to engage. Yeah. If it's a fair and reasonable price, you pay the bill if you can. If you found errors, you go, like we said, to the provider or the billing office. If the bill is correct, but you can't afford to pay it, I teach people how to write a letter of financial hardship. You know, if you can't pay it, you can't pay it. And the one thing I tell everybody is don't ever put any medical expense on a credit card. Why should you incur interest? No, you make a payment plan with the hospital. In fact, I was in the hospital for one, I had to go to the ER earlier this year, and they, they admitted me through a text, like the admissions office like was right. texting me, and they wanted me to put in my credit card information. I told a white lie. I'm like, I don't use credit cards. You know, I'm in Nashville. Dave Ramsey's here and he hates credit cards. So I just said, I don't use credit cards. And that was it. (laughs) So I'm not giving you my credit card so that I could incur interest on a medical bill. So these are all little things that, you know, they said, oh, okay. They didn't do anything. Right. Nothing. I thought for sure. I'm like, because that was kind of, I thought it was kind of brave of me to do that. Like, no, I'm not giving it to you. And I thought for sure they were going to come in the room. (laughs) Oh, they didn't. And these are all common sense things that I never even thought about before I got into this world five years ago, six years ago. Like, I would never think to do these things. And so that's what I want to teach people. Like, y'all don't know that we have more power than we realize. And they are terrified of the day that we realize that. And that's when the system will change from profit focus to patient focus. Yeah. It's like the elephant that is tied down with a little string to a stake because when it was a baby it couldn't couldn't move it and when it grew up it remembered that it couldn't do it and it just gave up trying we have to stop being little elephants and realize that we are stronger than that little string that's a great analogy fabulous analogy yeah i don't know if i feel better or worse uh, from what you shared Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you feel there, empowered. I do. I feel doctors, empowered. There are, there are doctors, uh, some of my doctors, who have really had it with the system oh, because gosh, they yes. see what's happening, and and it's not good for them because it's not good for the patient. On the other hand, you have people. When I grew up. It was like every Jewish mother wanted their son to be a doctor mm-hmm. because it was going to be his ticket to wealth. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know how the medical system will change so that these boys who have gone to medical school thinking they were going to get rich is, you know, they've got to step back from it and decide whether or not they're in it for the money or if they're in it because they really care about their patients. Right. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's a yeah. dilemma. They should be a plumber. The money's better. <laughs> money's better, right. Adrian, you're right. In the same way I tell people that you need to be your own advocate, Our and this really offends me in a way as a nurse, that they are calling our nurses and our providers the healthcare heroes but they're not, comp- they're not compensating them financially at all. No. They are overworked. They are underpaid. I've never known a CEO to get mandatory overtime. And you've got people who have gone into the profession to serve, to care for people. But then you have executives telling them, you have to order this test. You can only spend eight gotcha. minutes with your patient. Right. So the same way we have to add, and that's, again, the change coming from the bottom, the same way we need to advocate for ourselves, we need to advocate for our providers. And, you know, if you always, there are good and bad providers, but I look at them all as being good until you do something that proves me otherwise, you know? So we do have to be our providers' advocates as well. And when I say providers, I mean your physician's assistants, your nurse practitioners, and your medical doctors, all of them, you know? So, and I think the system started out where it was the patient-doctor relationship, which we know is sacred. But now I think that since 1972, you've got all these business people wanting to come in to take a piece of the pie. And that's why our piece is getting bigger and bigger for what we pay out. And our provider's piece is getting smaller and smaller for what they get. And they're overworked, they're underpaid, and that's not fair either. So, yes, that's how I feel about that as well. Yeah, it's, it's, 
It's a lot of revamping. <laughs> it is. So tell and us about all the free stuff, it. all the free stuff that you're giving away. <laughs> so um, I don't have an ebook or anything like that, but I do have an amazing webinar coming up, and it is called PAD, P-A-D, your ass. And the PAD stands for protect, advocate for, and defend, or safeguard, your greatest assets, which are your health and your wealth. And there's a direct correlation between both of them. And yeah, it's all about how to protect your medical identity. And then that's the protect part. And the advocating part is advocating for yourself and your loved ones. What kind of questions to ask at an appointment, that type of stuff. And then the, the third, the D, I had to do a D because I couldn't do another P. It really is protecting that. I couldn't call it the, I couldn't call it the PAP webinar or no men would have come, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> right. For the PAP oh. So, um, and that's all about keeping, um, you're the record keeper of your family's medical yeah. history, of your personal medical history. Because I always say our families don't just share their DNA. They share the PIAs the pain in the ass diseases that none of us want, like cancer and diabetes and heart disease and all those. And we need to know what our history is. So I've created this um, webinar that we're going to touch lightly on those. And then I'll also be telling people about a program that the digital program that I told you that is um, uh, it's over the course of your lifetime to keep track of everything in the palm of your hand. So, but the free webinar um, is go I'm going to do it live for the next two weeks because I want to be able to answer as many questions as I can for people. It's going to be over Zoom. And um, after that, I'll, it'll probably be recorded and just up on the website. But um, if more people want it live, then I'll just keep doing it live. Because I like... Yeah, when? I want... Yeah, uh, when? The first one is actually, well, the first one's actually tomorrow, <laughs> uh, Wednesday <laughs> the 24th at noon. The next one is Saturday. The Pacific time 20th. or Eastern time? Central time. And then on Saturday... It's at 11 o'clock central, because I want to get this information to as many people as I possibly can. And then next week, it'll be on Tuesday and Thursday. So uh, Good for you. And I had a woman on my show on Friday that opened my eyes to what your audience deals with. It was amazing. Her husband had a traumatic brain injury, TBI, because this is TBI month, three years ago. And she talked about the difference between a caregiver, an advocate, and then also a partner or a loved one. So the caregiver, that's a task, that's a job. But then the ad, and that's passive. The advocate, that's active, speaking out on behalf of what they need and the treatment and the service and the medication and all that kind of stuff. But then how do you do those two roles while maintaining the sanctity of your relationship? For her, it's her husband. So how do you maintain that husband-wife intimacy when she's the caregiver and the advocate? It's kind of like, when you're caring for them and cleaning up after them, how do you then want to make love to them? Like it, just all those dynamics. And then even if it's your child, how do you just look at them as your child versus a care that you have? So the link is, um, so it would be HTTPS colon slash slash overbrookconsultants.com. Overbrook. Consultants with an S, and Overbrook is O O V E R B R O O K Consultants dot com, and then a forward okay. slash pad P A D your yeah. assets. And then I am on uh, Facebook under my name, just Angel Salucci, and every week I am doing some live videos on um, how to. I'm going to let people know about the most current scheme that's going on and then how they can protect themselves from getting into a situation like that. And then once a week, I'm also doing what I call conversations with friends. And I'm bringing on people, everyday people, who um, there's not going to be any selling or anything like that. But I want my friends to share their information. So thank you for coming on the show, uh, caregiverdave.com, uh, thecaregiverspace.org. And what's your website, Angel? Overbrook? Consultants.com. Bye bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing.